I was coming up against something I could not manipulate and I could not do anything about it. I started to feel this, this desperation. I really felt like a mistake. But I knew how to feel good, and so I would eat. It seemed the most logical thing was to try to become as successful as possible in the business world. I always had this incredible desire to prove myself Chuck Colson, White House hatchet man. I needed to, to fill this desire to be acceptable, to be loved. I was willing to pay any price. It was my identity. I kind of loved politics. It's the ultimate power game, ultimate power trip. I'm living this life, going to prayer meetings with the men of the church, and in the meantime, we'd brought a computer into our house, and I'd discovered internet porn. Call it addiction, call it sexualizing my needs. They were idols. Food had literally become the counterfeit lover. I had become an idolater. Everything I'm about is to serve the God of money. My gods were uh, get ahead, get power. That's what I was worshiping. That was, that was my God. That was my God. The idols, they never satisfied. They never satisfied. I was in the seventh grade, and I came home after having played hooky for like two months. I played hooky so much that the teachers didn't know who I was when I, showed up, when I eventually showed up to class. That's how bad it was. Well, I showed up home, and the truant officer letter, anybody ever know the fear of having a truant officer letter? Yeah, it came to the house, and I couldn't intercept it. I got there, and I thought my brother, who was the man of the house, because uh, my father had left, so my brother was kind of the man of the house, I thought he was going to take my life. Like, I really thought he was going to die. And what he wound up doing was he sat me down, and he looked at me, and he said, Ed, what's going on here? You're better than this. You're intelligent. You're, you're creative. You could do very well in school. I believe in you. It was the first and the last time my brother ever spoke to me. You gotta understand, in my, in my culture, or not, I don't know if it's all about my culture, but at least in my household, there was one way to, to punish or to deal with like uh, an infraction, right? It was, there was just one way, and it was a physical way to deal with it, right? And every culture has their own physical ways of dealing with punishment, right? But this was the first time my brother ever saw, sat down, and spoke to me. He spoke to me and spoke encouraging words to me for like two hours. Like it was, no, but it was awesome. Like, right, it's either that or the beating, right? So talk to me for, forever. I wasn't like one of those kids who rolled their eyes. Like that's a new phenomenon, let me just tell you. I wasn't about to roll my eyes because he was gonna roll my head. So I was gonna, I was okay with just going, yup, I'm in, and, and quite frankly, he touched my heart. It was like, man, he believes in me. I, 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 I want to prove him right. I want to prove him right. And so you know what I did? I went to school the next day. And I went to school the day after that. And I went to school for two weeks straight. <laughs> then I stopped going to school. Now, 
Let me tell you why I bring this up. Everything in me wanted to, wanted to make my brother proud. I was in this sin. I, I was hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong places, doing the wrong things. Everything in me wanted to change. But I just... I thought that my problem was just making it to school. And my problem was far, far deeper. This is what we're going to be talking about in the next four weeks. In the next four weeks, we're going to talk about those moments in your life and in mine where we finally get to see how much we need to change. Every one of us gets to that point. Maybe, maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe in your marriage, you go, I need to change. Maybe she says to you, maybe he says to you, that's it, I can't take it anymore, I can't do this anymore, no way. And you go, well, I can't lose her. And you go, I'm going to change. And you're good for two weeks, two months, whatever it is. Or, or, or maybe, maybe your parents have taken you aside and said, like, like my brother did with me, because you're better than this. I don't want you to go down this road. I don't want you to do this thing. Don't you understand that if you open this door, it's going to be really, really bad. And you're young and you're saying, absolutely, I'm going to change. I am not going to go down this road anymore. And then two weeks, two months, and you fall back in. Or maybe you're like one of the many people who come to the Recovery House of Worship. You've been dying to get clean for a long time. And you just can't get clean. You have a couple of days sober and then you go back to the bottle. You get a couple of weeks clean and you go back to the substance. I don't know. Like, I don't know what your deal is. I know that every one of us have come to the point where we finally see what everybody else has seen for a long time and we want to change. But we can't. We simply can't. God knows that every one of us will want to change at one point in our lives. And because he knows that about us, he wants us to give us a truth that is so powerful, that is going to transform our lives. Now listen to me. You want to listen to what we're going to say for not only today. Today, what we're going to do, by the way, today, if you're new, the way we do series here at the Recovery House of Worship is we take like a big topic, change. That's what this series is about. It's about change. And we take that big topic and we cut it up into a, a few weeks. In this case, it's five weeks. This week and four more weeks. And what we do is we add to it a little bit every week so that by the time you leave, uh, by the time you come uh, from the entire series, you'll have a holistic view of what transformation looks like. So I want you to come back for this series. And believe me, I get it, right? There's beaches calling your name. There's picnics calling your name. There's, oh my goodness, there's like all sorts of things that you could be doing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You don't want to miss it. No matter how long that tan lasts, it won't be as transformative as what God's word can do in your heart within the next five weeks. Now, now watch this. Some of you, 
Some of you are here right now, and you're going, you know, I, I, I'm just fed up with my marriage. It just keeps, it's, it's, it's on a broken record. It just, you know, it, it loops, and it keeps on getting bad, and it keeps on going back to the same situation and same issue and same, listen, listen, this message, this series, it's for you. I, I know there's some of you who are here and you're like, I don't know why I keep on going back to that thing. I don't want to go back to that thing. And you say that with tears. This series, it's for you. Those of you who are here and go, hey man, life is going great. There's nothing wrong. Let me tell you something. There are issues in your life that other people can clearly see. It's obvious to everyone else except you. This series is for you. This series is for all of us. So I want you to seize a powerful... Now again, today we're just going to introduce the topic and then we're going to tease it out as the weeks go by and we'll we'll share with you what these symbols mean. But God in his word wants to point out something really clear and really obvious if you're going to go on the endeavor of change. If you're going to go down the road of transformation, God wants to point out something that's not only obvious, but that's so potent and powerful that it can transform the way you think about how we behave and how we react, even in our sin. So we're going to go to um, Luke chapter 11. Now, I encourage you to bring your Bibles, but if you didn't bring your Bible, if you're new to Christianity or you're new to our church, we love you. And there's two other ways we've gotten God's word in your hand. One is through your bulletin. If you open up your bulletin, you'll see the scriptures that we're about to read and there's a place where you could take notes. That's super helpful because the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. So if something strikes you, you should write it down. Or if you're over 40 like me and you can't read the font, we have it on the screen in like 72 font so that you'll be able to see that as well. Now, um, Jesus, if you're new to the Christian community or just this church, let me explain something to you. Luke is, uh, is a disciple of Jesus, and he wrote this book to share about all that Jesus did. Jesus is about to do something miraculous. And it has to do with demons. And so let me just pause for a second. If you're here and you're like, I don't believe anything in the Bible. I certainly don't believe in demons, personal evil beings. I go, hey, listen, I'm not gonna, I believe in them. It's cool. You don't believe in them. That's fine. I'm not arguing that. You still have a lot to learn in this passage. There's tons to learn. But you want to see, so I just want to give that disclaimer for those of you who are sort of like, ah, I'm not into this Christianity thing. Okay, I'm not, I'm not fighting with you. I'm just saying there's still a ton to learn in this message. With that, I want us to stand as we read God's word because Jesus is going to teach us something super profound. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, 
and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive them out, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So Jesus is talking about change. We're here talking about change. Here's the first thing I need you to see about change. Change can happen in one of a million different ways. Christianity does not have the only uh, way to change. Change can happen in a multiplicity of ways. I've seen this, haven't you? Many of us come from, and I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but many of us come from addicted backgrounds. And we see people who, uh, people who want nothing to do with God, and we see them get clean. And we see them get clean for long periods of time. And then we see Christians who try to get clean or sober, and there's, there's relapse after relapse after relapse. We see change in many different ways. I remember there was a, a guy who, interestingly enough, he had a, a drug addiction. And in his drug addiction, he wanted to stop. So what he started to do, you know what he started to do? He started to run. and just started to, like, exercise, running in particular. I mean, at the end, like 10 years later, he was running marathons. Like, just amazing, like an elite runner. And he saw change. He didn't. Didn't use drugs again. Here's, here's the thing. Jesus is pointing something out about change that is fundamentally true and is sometimes ignored. Here it is. First you see in the opening uh, verses that Jesus is driving out a demon. Jesus does a miracle. Now what's really marvelous, and I need to say this really fast, is that these guys, right? So think about this. If you see a person who was dumb his whole life. Like, in other words, he couldn't talk. He had no ability to speak his whole life. And then all of a sudden, you hear that guy's accent in just a moment. Like, you know him his whole life, he can't speak. All of a sudden, he can communicate. What is your response? Like, whoa, oh my goodness, do it again, do it again, right? Like, that's, 
awesome, right? That's the response. That's not the response of a great many people. Some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. In other words, Jesus is doing a good act in an evil way. Many people will see the miracles of Christ and attribute them to something uh, demonic or evil. For instance, Jesus will have been working on your heart to be kinder, or he'll have been working on your heart to be more generous, or he'll have been working on your heart to be more humble. And your spouse may see that and go, you're just a manipulator. This won't last. It's, it's just that way. When transformation happens, people will doubt that Jesus is doing a work in you. You have to be able to accept that. You have to be able to live with that. Well, after all that happens, Jesus goes, you guys, you guys, you're crazy. If I'm doing this, if I'm casting out Satan by Satan, then I'm defeating myself. That's not it. Then he goes down, and I want to get to where we're, we're going to spend most of our time in. Verse 21 through the end of the passage. He tells a story. Jesus is awesome. When he's teaching, he tells stories to try to help people understand. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides his plunder. Look at me. When you and I are stuck in a rut, when you and I can't break out of an addiction, when you and I are caught up in the lifestyle, when that's our story, understand that there is a strong man armed to the teeth to make sure you stay stuck. See, the strong man here is Satan. And the house that he's guarding is the person sitting in your seat. So the strong man is Satan. The house that he's guarding is your heart. And so what you and I need is a stronger man. What we need, we can't transform ourselves. We can't. The, the person who's guarding our heart is, is the one who's keeping us sick. Now, this is tough for some of us to accept or acknowledge or realize, but there is a real spiritual warfare that takes place. Stuff that you don't see, but that you experience. Satan guards it, and he says, no, 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 no. I am not going to let this person go. I'm going to keep this person stuck. Jesus says, there's a million ways to change, as we're going to see right now. There's a million different ways to, uh, to change. But unless you deal with the strong man, unless you go to the root of the issue, you'll always just be messing around with the fruit of the issue. Let me see if I can unpack that a little bit. If you don't go to the root cause of the, the root cause of why you scream the way you do. We just saw, uh, there's, there's going to be an incredible class. I want all of you to go to it. It's going to be an awesome class. Watch your mouth. But let me just say, and, and, the, and the class is going to reiterate this, I'm sure. Let me just say that the, 
Words are revealers, not creators. Words are revealers, not creators. In other words, words reveal what was in your heart. Words don't create what's in your heart. Everyone is like that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you see? That unless we get to the root cause, unless we, we won't ever understand why we speak the way we speak. Unless we get to the root cause, we won't understand why this, this spirit of jealousy is taking over my life. I can't trust my wife. I can't trust. What is it in me that this is, so, that it's like, and I'm not talking about like just, you know, has me by the collar. I'm talking about chokehold ready to take me out and destroy my There's something. And, and for as long as we deal with the symptoms, oh, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to, and here's what we do, right? Like my wife, and, and this is not the case. My wife's, she's fantastic. It's a miracle that she stayed with me as long as she is. But I'm using that as, um, I'm using that as an example. So, and it's not really that crazy of an example because I remember being like this. I remember being like this. And how tormented I was, thinking that, you know, just this spirit of jealousy had overcome me. Has anything like that ever happened to you? It nearly killed me. It nearly killed me. My wife would be in the store three minutes, as if my wife could find a boyfriend, sleep with him, get showered, and come home in three minutes. That can only happen with me. That can't happen with anybody else. <laughs> you see, it, but, but I would, I would, I'm telling you, I would go insane. I would bring my wife to tears. What, were you looking at him? Why were you looking at him? What, what, what were you thinking? You, what? Some of y'all are laughing, but some of y'all are wanting to cry. It was there. And it was like, I can't even control. It's not even something. And I'm going, I'm, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything anymore. That's it. I'm just not going to say anything anymore. And then that strong man. Oh, he's protecting something. And he's armed to the teeth. You saw the way she responded to that guy? Did you see her look? Did you see the way she Gave that eyebrow, her eyebrow, just the simplest, subtlest little thing. Why? No, beloved, beloved. And I know I'm talking to somebody in here. I know I am. I'm not just embarrassing myself for nothing. I know. And you don't see it. You think the problem is your spouse. You don't understand. It's a strong man. He's gotten control of you. And he's not letting go. Read the Bible all you like. He's not letting go. Pray all you like. He's not letting go. Go ahead and, and come to as many services as you want. Sing as many songs. Do as many Bible studies. Become a deacon in the church. He's not letting go. This strong man is protecting something. And he wants you to stay stuck. He wants you to be hurt. He wants you to suffer. And if he doesn't let you go anywhere else, 
He'll be a very, he's a strong man. And you need someone stronger than that man to become free. Jesus is that stronger man. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Unless you let Jesus, and this is, I'm telling you, people can be in a Christian community for 30 years. You can be in a Christian community for 30 years. You could be up here. You could be doing what I'm doing, teaching others, and still not understand what I'm about to tell you next. That there are superficial sins that we get satisfied with Jesus addressing, and we never get to the root. We never get to the unseen thing. The reason we're going to continue to use this phrase, the root of sin, not the fruit of sin, is because the fruit of sin is what you can see while the root is hidden. And yet the root is what is giving power and energy and life to the fruit. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted. So when Jesus comes, he takes away the power of the, and the authority and the, listen to me, and the fiery darts and the weapons that that person. So literally today, my wife can come home three hours late. And it, it no, but listen to me. I'm not, telling you, I'm not telling you something. I'm not telling you I'm free, man. Like, I'm free. Like, there was something in me. And we're going to get to that something. Well, actually, with all of these. But it was over here somewhere. I just kind of lived here. You go, what's that? You got to come. You got to come to the rest of this series. But I lived there. And I thought that if I lost that, I'd lose everything. And then Jesus taught me something powerful that I'm going to teach you when we go over that week. Then jump down to verse 24. So Jesus is giving us, listen to me, there's a real way. There's a real way to address those kinds of sins, those root sins, where you cut at the root and so that no fruit can come. There's a real way, and it's Jesus. It's the gospel applied to my Heart. You go, how do I apply the gospel to my heart? How do I get the gospel down deep enough so that Jesus becomes real in the most sensitive areas of my life? Keep coming back. But I want to show you what the rest of the change, what, what the rest of the world does is change. We think this is fine, and this is, I'm talking to Christians, and I'm talking to non-Christians. This is how we all behave. Are you, are you with me? Look at verse 24. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, stop right there. Look at me. Look at me. This is huge. Jesus doesn't tell us how the impure spirit got out. He just tells us that it did get out. Now, this is very, very important because, like I said, there's a million different ways this happens. A million different. So what happens, right? Uh, you get caught with the DWI. Uh, they pull you over. You're so scared. You have a court appearance. This is going to be bad. You're going to lose your license. You're going to lose your job. You might do jail time. This is bad. You go, I got to do something. You go, you put yourself, you finally see what your spouse has been telling you or your friends have been telling you for years. You have a problem. You put yourself in a detox. You get sobered up and then listen to me. Listen to me. 
you're sober. You're clean. You don't even look like the same person anymore. You had the traumatic event, and that, the demon left. That's all it took. Or, or perhaps you're promiscuous. And, and, and you know, you get that phone call. Hey, I just got, I just, you know, I know we were together three years ago, but I just got from the doctors and they said I had the virus. Maybe you should go check yourself out too. <laughs> oh God, I will never have sex again. I will, I will be as pure as the driven snow. Please don't let me get... And then, and, 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 so, and, and, and with all the advances that we have today, it still takes weeks to get that um, result back. I know because I have crazy friends. And so it takes weeks to get that result back. And here's, in those two weeks, you could have been Don Juan your whole life. In those two weeks, you're pure as the driven snow. There's nothing that's going to happen. You know why? Because the demon was cast out. There was a traumatic thing that happened that cast out the demon. Something happened. You, you got caught doing Listen, there's a million different ways. The demon left. It goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, the demon says, I will return to the house I left. Anybody know who the house is? That's you. It's your marriage. It's your crazy jealousy. It's your, it's your insane shame. It's, it, it's going to go back to you. It's going to go back to you. It's your, it's your alcoholism. It's your promiscuity. It's, it's all the things we mentioned. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go back to where it's warm. I'm going to go back to where I know I'll be welcome. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, listen to me. When it arrives, that's the demon. When it arrives, the demon finds the house what? And what? And put in order. So on the outside, 20 years serving Jesus. Look at me. I'm fantastic get haircuts regularly, occasionally brush my teeth. I'm in good shape. I look great on the outside. Listen to me. And people could be calling me up all hours of the day to get all sorts of spiritual advice from me. And I could be a counselor to the President of the United States. And I could be wanted to speak all over the land. You know why? Because I'm cleaned up. I'm put in order. You see, I busied myself hitting at fruit, and I got really, really good at it. I'm clean. Then, oh man, somebody say then. Yes. Then. Yes. Then. There's a moment. Then there's a thought. Then there's an emotion that gets kicked up because you saw a movie or you saw, uh, you listened to a song. Or but then, then, someone say then again. Then in that moment, something happens. It goes and takes, are you ready for this? Seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in. Where are they going in? Anybody know? 
and live there. Not Airbnb, going to leave in three days. They live there. They get, the, they get the, 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 the chair that's for them, the recliner. And the final, let's all read this sentence because this is powerful. One, two, and from and, one, two, three. And the final condition of that person is worse than at the first. Now come here, come here. Now, this is easy for some of us who come from recovery um, things. We've seen people relapse. I literally, I literally remember this one dude who was gorgeous. He was absolutely beautiful. This Puerto Rican kid, absolutely beautiful. He got clean when I got clean. And then I saw him, like, um, you know, a couple of decades later, and I'm telling you, some city miles were put on that dude. Like, he got no teeth. Devastated, broken, inside, outside, just there. And he got clean when I got clean. He had months and months when I had weeks and weeks. And at the end, it was worse for him than the first. And at the end, the marriage was worse off than at the first. And at the end, the jealousies came back with a vengeance. Then at the end, listen to me, there's a way to get yourself clean that will leave you worse off in the end. There's a way to work on your marriage that will leave you worse off in the end. How, how on earth could this be? It's when we don't do change Jesus' way. Now let's quickly go back to what Jesus said, because then we're going to just close, because I, I mean, you have to come back for the rest. I can't do this all today. You have to come back for the, for the weeks. There's only one person that said, aw, right? Everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. That's cool. But for you two people, you come back. It's going to be awesome. Listen. But when someone... You have access to the stronger man. You. You have access to the stronger man. And you know what? He's stronger than your resolve. And he's stronger than your willpower. And he's stronger than your ability to turn over a new leaf. And he's stronger than anything that you can imagine. He's stronger than, than negative consequences. He's stronger than a carrot that you would get at the end if you just kept to the straight and narrow. He's stronger. So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. His name is Jesus, and I want you to know this. This is all I need you to know today. This is all I'm, this is all I was, only Jesus can change you deeply. That's it. Only, no rhymes, no flash. I need you to just, only Jesus can change you deeply. Everything else is sweeping and putting things in place. But no, listen, everything else is fruit swatting and not root addressing. Everything else, they come back worse than the first. I, I tell you, I see this all the time. Here's, here's another way we see that they come back worse than the first. So here's a guy who was, and let's just use addiction because it's easy. 
And so we, we see, and he's consuming alcohol or whatever, right? Heroin, Oxycontin, whatever. And so he's using that. Then he stops using that. And, and then he's clean for a minute and he starts to pick up eating. And now when his, when, when his feelings are hurt, when he gets nervous about something, when he, so he goes, so he raises his hand at a meeting and he goes, hey man, uh, my name is, you know, John Doe. I have 22 years and everybody's like, you are awesome. Yeah, the doctor said I have diabetes and my kidney's failing and, you know, I'm gonna, they're going to have to cut off my toe and, and um, it's going to get real bad. Like, oh, wait, I got it. See, if Satan couldn't get you one way, he'll get you another. The strong man is still there. You cleaned up an area of the house that Satan was very happy to leave you as long as he could kill you somewhere else. Do you think that that can happen in your marriage? you think that that can happen in your singleness? Do you think that that can happen in your relationship with others? Of course it can. You address one thing, but because it's not gospel addressed. So here's what you need to know. Only Jesus, only Jesus can change you deeply. Let's say that together. Only Jesus can change you deeply. So, here's what you need to know. Any attempt at you trying to change yourself, any attempt at you trying to save yourself won't eventually save you. So here's what we're going to do. In the rest of this series, we're going to talk about how Jesus gets to the root of the issue by addressing our idols. Now, as the musicians come up, I'm going to just tell you briefly, I'm just going to describe what we're looking at here. All of your sin, your jealousy, your promiscuity, all the things that we talked about today is found in one of these four. It's found in one of these four. I'm just going to describe it for you today. I have no more time to do, but then to do that. One is that there's an idol. It's called significance or power. I used to call it power. I call it significance now. And what significance is, is an over-longing to have something other than Jesus so that you could, made to be feel, you could uh, feel important. It's an over-longing to have something other than Jesus give you your importance. That's the first idol. And there's so much stuff that's under that. The second idol is control. It's control. Remember? Getting a TV like this, remote control, with the little clicker and the wire that ran from the thing. Control. That's an overlonging to have everything, something other than, to have everything go your way. Control. Some of you just throw around, I'm just a control freak. No, 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 you're an idolater. You're an idolater. The next one, the next one is um, power, control, uh, comfort. Comfort. This is an over-desire 
to receive pleasure in any way you can get it. Could be through hobbies, could be through sin, but you look for comfort, not in Jesus. You look for comfort, and this goes a million different ways this plays itself out. Comfort. And then this one, this one, this one has plagued me my whole life. Approval. Approval. You get the little wink. You're okay. This is an overlonging to be accepted by others more than Jesus. I don't want you to be, congregation, Recovery House of Worship, I do not want you to be a church that keeps on cleaning up rooms in your house when it's being burned to the ground. I want you to be, I want Recovery House of Worship to be a people who confess their idols to Jesus, say, we are worse than we thought. We thought it was just this little idol. It's so much deeper than that. And we're coming to you, Jesus, because you're the only stronger man that can take out the strong man. So here's what you need to know. Only Jesus can change you deeply. And so what I want you to do this week is simple. I want you to go, Jesus, would you point out the idols of my heart? Would you start opening my heart to trust you, to believe you, to see some of the idols, some of the root issues of my soul. Would you do that in me? And would you open me so that when I come to these services, I, I repent, I turn from my sin, I, I surrender even my idols to you. It's my prayer for you.